how is everybody this morning? Uh, I, I've, I've loved it. I think it's been fantastic. Granted, I do love being here every week, but there's just been something on this morning that has really excited me. Um, you know, you saw the ad there with Bear Grylls about Alpha. Um, it's an amazing opportunity for people that, whether you've been around church for a long time or whether you're new to church, it's the foundations of, of why we come here and what we, why we do what we do. And it's definitely worth considering. Uh, there's some sign-up sheets on the back table. You just fill in your name. Um, we start next Sunday, and it's going to be absolutely amazing. I think I already know of six or eight people that are, that are keen to, to do it. So it's going, to come a lo- it's going to be a lot of fun. And as Stewie also mentioned, we've got Operation Christmas Child out in the foyer. And this is a great way of bringing the love of Jesus into the world to kids who might not ever receive a gift, we've got the ability to actually give them something and bless them and make them feel and understand the joy that we have in Jesus. You know, both of these programs are important. One helps us to develop our understanding of faith and to help us to know how to treasure Christ. The other is the outworking of that treasure by taking the love we treasure and we hold as precious into the world. And today, that's what I want to focus on this concept of treasuring Christ, of having him be the most precious thing in our lives and what that means for us. You know, you may have got the E! News email or seen on social media. I put out that my title was Becoming a Spiritual House. Well, that's kind of changed uh, in talking with Em and and reflecting a little bit on one of her favourite movie characters. So, if you want a message title, it's called My Precious. <laughs> and before I pray, I want to ask you this, and I want you to consider this throughout my message. If you were to call something My Precious, what is it? What do you hold as most precious in your heart? So let's pray. Father God, we thank you that we can be here this morning. And I pray that you would speak your words through my lips, Lord God, this morning as we go on a bit of a journey as to understanding what is significant in holding something as precious in our lives, Lord God. And I pray that we can be re-centered to, to you this morning, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. So what I want to do this morning is open a bit of a discussion about what is precious to each and every one of us and the subsequent result of that. I looked up in the dictionary, they're, they're helpful. And the word precious means of great value, not to be wasted or treated carelessly, greatly loved or treasured by someone. It's an amazing term. And you know, in society, like a lot of words, it's used in a negative way. You know, you call somebody precious, you're suggesting that they're fragile or they're, they're soft, and you're diminishing the actual meaning and the heart behind that word. Because something as, that is precious is incredibly valuable. And it's incredibly important. And so we need to, to actually understand that this term precious is, is valuable. It's not something that we should be giving away really easily or using in a negative way. 
And so the passage I want to explore today is one that I love. I want to ask you the question, what or who do you think God considers as precious? It's probably an easy answer, but just consider that. You see, within the verses of 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 to 10, we see the love and adoration the Father has towards the Son. And it answers that very question of who God considers as precious. And so in my translation of the Bible in the NIV, the heading for this section says, the living stone and a chosen people. I think that's pretty cool. So verse 4, as you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him. You know, God looks at Jesus and sees him as precious. You might argue that that would be a standard reaction from any parent towards their child, which is true, but I think there's more significance to it. You know, you've got the creator of the universe and the author of life looks at Jesus and considers him precious. And I think it's worth us taking note of that. Verse 5, You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. This is amazing. As a church or the body of Christ, we are together being daily stretched and grown and developed. And individually, we are being built up and grown, which allows for the collective spiritual house that we are a part of to grow and to have an impact. And if we hold him as precious, our lives naturally transform into ones of sacrifice and worship. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. You know, there are a number of things that you can pull out of those. That's three verses in that passage. There's a lot you can pull out of those three. But I want you to think about the use of the word cornerstone. You know, a cornerstone is an inseparable part of any building. It supports, unites and adorns the structure. And I'm going to explore this a little bit, um, a little bit later on. Verse 9 says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Called from darkness into his marvelous light. It's not just any light, but it's marvellous light. You know, we are first called into that light, and then Jesus urges us, be the light. So when we hold the wrong thing as precious, darkness can take hold, and everything feels like it's, it's too hard, we can't actually get through. We're stuck in the negative, we're stuck in the storm, we're stuck in repetitive patterns that, that aren't helpful. 
you know, when we can lose our self-worth and our identity. But the thing is, when we are built upon the cornerstone and we hold that as precious, his light cuts through that darkness and brings with it hope, joy, freedom, worth, and the list goes on. Finally, verse 10. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. How encouraging is that church? You know, there's so much in there that actually speaks to who we are. And all we have to do is, says at verse 4, is just come. He's there. Jesus is there. The living stone is there. And if we just come, we've got this. You know, we are called, we are the people of God. We're brought into his wonderful, marvelous light. We are a chosen people, God's special possession. You know, how amazing does that feel to know that? You know, what, what happens to us and our identity is, root, is rooted in the choice that we make if we choose to come to that living stone. You know, throughout Scripture, there are many instances of people rejecting Jesus. You know, some they talk about that he's lowly in appearance, so some people won't go to him because of that. He challenges their status quo and makes, thing, makes people uncomfortable. So we don't want to be around that. And he just does things that people think diminishes their significance, so they don't want a part of him either. So they reject him. But what do we see from the Father? He sees Jesus as precious and chosen. And this is really important because you see God gave us Jesus and he has chosen Jesus. And as we read that Jesus is the cornerstone of the church, it's therefore important for us if we are chasing after God to see Jesus as precious to see him as the cornerstone, to stand on him as that cornerstone. You know, holding the wrong thing as precious is dangerous. It becomes an unhealthy fixation, a distraction, an idol, an addiction. It drives a wedge between us and God because we think that only that thing can make us whole or make us happy. But then we think we get to that place and it, it's still not enough. And so the process has to start all over again with something else. So who here has seen Lord of the Rings? A few people. So you guys probably know where I'm going with this and with the, the message title. You know, I think there's a character in these films who fits this mould. And I've even coined his signature phrase as my message title, and that's Gollum. Um... You know, one of the first movies that Em and I went to the cinema and saw was the movie The Hobbit. And um, look, Em loves Gollum. Don't, I, I, I don't know why, but Em loves Gollum. And so Gollum came out on, on screen and Em just started laughing and squealing and cheering. And uh, yeah, it was, it was interesting. Let, let's, let's say that. It was an interesting reaction. But I, di I digress, I digress. Uh, on screen, 
you're going to see some images. I'm going to run through a few things. So the first law, this is how we first meet him, and his name is Smeagol. He's a regular hobbit, hairy feet and all. And we first see him out fishing with a friend. They're putting worms on the, on the hook, throwing it out, having a great time. And then they find a ring. They proceed to fight, hurt each other, and Smeagol ends up killing his friend. Second image. So this is the start of his transition. Starting to lose himself, appearance is changing, and he separates himself from society. You know, like the scripture says, we are called out of darkness and into the light. But Smeagol got dragged into the darkness and allowed it to consume him, and it completely changed who he was. Image three. And this is how he ends up. He completely loses who he is. I think in clinical psychology, uh, I think the term would be a paranoid schizophrenic is what Gollum has become. You know, there are traces of his true self, but they are mostly hidden by the darkness that resides within him. He's a shell of his former self. You know, he was destroyed by the world and by holding the darkness and a thing, an idol, as precious. You know, how often do we see that in people as they fixate on the wrong thing? It might be pornography or binge drinking or taking drugs or having a bet on the horses or seeing validation, seeking validation from the wrong places. And they'll be like, that's not an issue. It's not a problem. I'm in control. I've got this. But then when left unchecked, it can have a similar effect on us as it did on Gollum. You know, holding Jesus as precious means we are prepared to submit these things to him, that he is most important. Next image. And so this is a bit of a before and after. And I put this one up as it shows how much of a change there is. And for many of us, when we are struggling with what is precious in our hearts, the first image can be what we portray. But the second one is what our soul is like. You know, pulled in multiple directions and tarnished by fixating on the wrong things. You know, when we live in the world and not of the world, similar things start to happen to us. Sure, we may not become as paranoid or physically altered as what Gollum did, but we still become sidetracked by things that consume our time, our money, our energy, our self-worth, and the list goes on. So we need to be aware of what or who we are holding as precious. As Jesus said in Luke 10, 27, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind. This is a good starting point and even a reminder about the importance of treasuring or holding as precious Jesus. So what can we do about it? Well, for starters, acknowledging the cornerstone that is set before us that we can be built upon. Jesus is our life giver. Through what he did on the cross when he died for us, 
He gives us the opportunity of life, an abundant life. And given the importance of the cornerstone in architecture and construction, and so buildings that are of this world and can crumble and fall apart, given that we're talking eternity, how much more important is it for us to have Jesus as our cornerstone for our spiritual house? And the question is, do we believe that? Like, do we truly actually understand and believe in the importance of having Jesus as our cornerstone? Life makes it hard for us to make someone like Jesus precious in our hearts. You know, it's not a popular decision. Especially at the moment, you see it all over news media that being a Christian is a bad thing, that they're hateful people, etc., etc. But if Jesus is precious to us and he's our foundation, there should be nothing but love. And if we can hold firm in the midst of this, people will see that love and that joy and that hope that we carry by having him as precious to us. You know, it's often in periods of rejection or any other storms or trials where what we really hold as precious in our heart shines through. You know, the world tells us that things such as significance, acceptance and security are what we should be striving for. The problem is, when we fall for this lie and have those things as, to quote Gollum, my precious... It will drive us into exhaustion as we strive to meet needs that have already been met. It will take us off our path and will often leave a trail of destruction as we obsess over and fixate on things that don't matter. And as we read in the back half of today's scripture, the truth is that we are already significant, accepted and secure if we are built on the cornerstone and have the right things as most precious in our hearts. Now don't miss this. You cannot get more significant than being hand-chosen by God to walk in his marvellous light. You cannot get more secure than being built into a spiritual house on the living stone. And you cannot be any more accepted than by the knowledge that we are called, chosen, and are God's special possession. Just sit on that for a minute. We need to believe this. More than that, we need to decide what is most important to us. Chasing the things from the world and keeping that as precious and always falling short and never being satisfied or allowing Jesus to be our cornerstone, to be precious to us and not needing to worry about any perceptions or thoughts from anybody else. You know, the thing is, church, God often selects what the world rejects. That's an amazing thing. And, you know, as being part of the church, often society will reject us. But God's got us here for a reason. 
and we can influence the people around us like nobody else can. And if Jesus is precious to us and he's our cornerstone, then what they see is Jesus. You know, God chose Jesus. He chose him as saviour, as precious, and as the cornerstone. What do we build our foundation on? You know, we've just started in in youth a, a series on God's story about who he is as a father, the son, the Holy Spirit. Hannah shared on Friday night uh, on God the Father and his love for all people. And today we see in this passage that he considers Jesus as precious as well as loved. And how incredible is it when you think about it that the most precious thing to God He sacrificed in order for us to be built into a spiritual house on his precious cornerstone. It's pretty amazing. And as such, we need to be aware of the stone on which we are built. Too often, we disregard the foundation for our lives and hold things and feelings built from the foundation as precious. You know, the problem is that a house, whether physical or spiritual, will not stand if it is not built upon a solid foundation. So what foundation are we built on? You know, we can be free from unrealistic expectations and a never-ending cycle of trying to fill a void that can only be filled by his love. When our precious gauge is locked onto the wrong things, We lose perspective and we can lose sight of ourselves. But when it is focused on Jesus, the true thing to hold as precious, well, we have this amazing opportunity to impact our world through the value and person of Jesus. And more than that, we get our value and our worth through that. And this is emphasized even more so in verse 9, where it says that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. As we are transformed through our relationship with Jesus, so we are to declare his praises. We exist to reflect his character to the world and to help them see the value in having Jesus be the precious living stone in their life. I want to tell you a story about a guy named Doug Nichols. In 1967, in a tuberculosis sanitarium in India, the then International Director of Action International Ministries, Doug Nichols, contracted TB and spent several months in this sanitarium. While there, he was trying to give out copies of the Gospel of John, but no one would take them. There was the language gap, They thought that he couldn't relate to them because he was an American businessman. And so they had a perception of him that was wrong. And they began a a, a cycle of he would, like clockwork, wake up at 2 a.m. every morning coughing. And after a while, he started to notice this little frail old man who was getting weaker and weaker as the days went on. 
this guy would try to to sit up off his bed and and just couldn't and with a whimper he'd collapse back onto the bed and every morning the ward had a terrible stench as the man could not contain himself because he was too weak to get up and the nurses would come clean up the mess and would physically harm the man because of it now there was one morning where Doug woke up coughing as normal and he kind of locked onto this old old man and Doug got up and went over to him and because he was used to physical harm this man cowered away but Doug came over and scooped him up in his arms and took him to the bathroom which was literally just a hole in the floor and then took him back to his bed the man kissed him on the cheek and at 4am that morning another patient woke up Doug with a steaming cup of tea and motioned for that gospel tract of John and throughout the whole day people kept coming to him and asking for these booklets they were maybe also grateful for avoiding the assault on their noses from that now I'm not telling you this story to put Doug Nichols on a pedestal and to say that we all have to do what he did but through his actions people could see his precious Jesus the way we live our lives church shows what we hold truly precious to us and when we live from a place of Jesus as our precious cornerstone people notice it makes an impact never underestimate that And never underestimate how much what we honour and deem as precious can transform us for the good and the bad. So what do you hold precious in your life? And so this brings me to some of my props. So I've talked about struggling with, you know, some of the things in human nature. It's about significance, security and acceptance. So for me, for a long while, I got my significance from my job at the Geelong Footy Club. It was, it was something, living in Geelong, you know, I got the job as an 18-year-old boy. Dream job, barracked for Geelong all my life, lived in Geelong. And so you start saying, oh, I work at the Geelong Footy Club. People are like, oh, that's awesome. You know, can you get me tickets? Can you introduce me to some of the players and, and all of that? And so for me, it's... Like you're standing eight foot tall because everybody's coming to you. And that gave me my significance, was doing that, being a part of a couple of premierships with them in the coach's box. And that was, that was it. But then a few years ago when I came on staff at Bayside, I had to walk away from that. And so there was a period of, of a wrestle going, okay, well, what actually gives me significance? And that was a, a, a period of thinking, well, I don't need that. I need Jesus. That's all that matters. And then the second one, there's a, uh, an interesting photo from my younger days, was acceptance. And, and it, was, it was about partying and alcohol and... That's where I got my acceptance. Being part of the cool kids was to do that. And I'm not by any means glorifying that by showing that. But it can become a vice, an addiction. 
And the, the acceptance in itself can become an addiction, let alone alcohol and things like that. I'm not saying don't drink either. Just be aware that it can become a vice. You know, there was a point where I abused alcohol as a point of being accepted. And it completely disrupted the course of my life. When it comes to security, you're probably all going to laugh at this, but that's okay, I'm prepared for that. My teddy bears. And I bring these out because... Yeah, well, the, li- the little one I made myself as like a nine or ten-year-old. I had some help, but that's kind of falling apart, which shows that there's not... I'm not completely gifted in that. The bigger one I've had since I was three days old. But these used to go with me everywhere I went. School camps, everything. And, it, and it, they became the point of security for me. Things would be a struggle at home or at school they were my safe place for a long time. And then you eventually have to grow up and life makes you actually realise, okay, what's, what's important to you? And again, through significance, acceptance and security, it all comes back to Jesus. That no matter how we're feeling what different ways we're being pulled in. Our significance, acceptance and security comes from him and him alone. I'm sure we've all at different points chased acceptance, significance and security and chased them from things away from Jesus. You know, when Jesus was tempted by the devil in the desert, he was tempted in these areas. And he was able to overcome. You know, the enemy knows how to bring us down and where to attack us in those areas. He knows our weaknesses and he's very good at using them to his advantage. And that's where I think the last few verses of today's passage come in. We don't have to chase temporary solutions though, church. We have the greatest source of all of these through the one who died for us and is our perfect living stone. And i read something I read before again. You cannot get more significant than being hand-chosen by God to walk in his marvellous light. You cannot get more secure than being built into a spiritual house on the living stone. And you cannot be any more accepted than by the knowledge that we are called, chosen, and are God's special possession. You know, how is that? We are chosen, we are special, we are holy. We are brought into the light. We are being built into a spiritual house that cannot be shaken. How encouraging is that? And I'm going to reread those two verses, 9 and, nine and 10. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, 
but now you have received mercy. I believe that that's something that we can all be reminded of. And if that really impacts you and is something you need, it's 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. Write those, meditate. I've got those written down because they, for me, they are incredibly important and significant because without Jesus, we don't have this. You know, church, when we hold Jesus as precious, our true identity and potential is unlocked and it's incredibly freeing. And it doesn't just honour him, but it transforms how we think of ourselves and how we see ourselves. Because he sees us as precious, each and every one of us. And we need to learn to love ourselves and believe in ourselves and to see ourselves as God sees us. And in doing that, we can start to transform because they're seeing Jesus through us and us standing in the authority and the true identity that we have in him. If we can start to change our heart and have Jesus as precious, then we can start to see ourselves that way. I'm going to ask the band to come up. And church, it's an amazing feeling to know that all we have to do is prioritize Jesus and honor him. To meditate on his word, to go to him in prayer rather than other vices, to just see him for who he is, the true living cornerstone, to see him as precious. See, church, when we hold Jesus as the most precious, we are enough and we can endure and we can be who we are created to be. His sacrifice means we have the greatest cornerstone as our foundation. Ushers, could you please begin to distribute communion? To acknowledge something as precious is to recognize and understand the greatness of the sacrifice he made for us. It's standing on the truth of his word and what he says about us. It is worshiping him with all we have and through all we are. It's keeping Jesus at the center as the cornerstone and living from that place. The band are going to sing a song that we did a little earlier. They're going to sing No Other Name. And while they're doing this, I want you to just sit in this place of worship and contemplation. And if you need to realign what is precious to you, then do this. You don't have to sing, but if you feel like worshipping is part of that, then go for it. But I want you to sit and then once the song is finished, I'll lead us in communion.
so on the night that Jesus was betrayed, He took the bread and said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's eat together. And after that, he took the cup and said, this is my blood shed for you in a new covenant. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's drink together. If you could please pass your cups to the center aisle. I just want to pray. Father God, we thank you. We thank you that we are called and chosen like your son is. We thank you that you see him as precious. Because when we understand that, we understand the importance and the magnitude of the sacrifice that you made for us. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to see you as precious and to build our lives on you as the true cornerstone. I pray that we would seek any significance, acceptance or security from you and you alone, that you would be the most precious thing in our lives and that as we walk in that, people will see Jesus from that place. In Jesus' name, amen.